Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, Nick and I sit down with Dan Thiessen and Rachel Thiessen to talk about milk, muscles, food, nutrition. Rachel Thiessen is the person who got me to understand food. I don't know if I've shared this before, if you've heard this from me before, but in my late 30s, right as I was turning 40, I was rushed to the hospital several times with severe stomach pains. They couldn't figure it out. It was like a lower stomach pain. I changed my diet because Rachel, first Nick dragged me to the gym. I didn't want to go. Um, and then Rachel, one of the trainers there and now one of the owners of Radix Gym in Oakville, taught me about nutrition, which I didn't expect to get from the gym. And she gave me a few book recommendations, changed my whole diet. She really changed my life. And I'm thrilled to have her and her husband, Dan Thiessen, on here. Wait till you hear her story of working out and how, at a, what a high level she has able to compete at. So she shares that on, on this episode. She has no shortage of opinions, which I absolutely love. So on this episode, you're going to hear from Rachel Thiessen and Dan Thiessen and Nicholas Alexander Karadza. And if you're listening to this and you are trying to figure out whether you should or should not get started with real estate investing, you can take a look at some of the reports that we've put together, specifically this population report that we keep referring to. We update it every year. I think we're about to update it yet again. We've updated it several times to understand the fundamentals of what is going on in this particular area between supply and demand. You can get that population report by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. And in that report, we just break down the numbers. Like what is the population growth like in this area? And I think what most people miss is that this greater Toronto and Southern Ontario area has a population growth rate, unlike almost any other in North America. In the last, two out of the last three years, the Toronto area has been the fastest growing metropolitan area in North America. It seems to kind of go back and forth between us and somewhere in Texas, like it'll be Dallas or some area of Texas that's like outpacing us, which you can kind of understand. But that's how fast this area is growing. Like we are growing faster than New York, New Jersey, Los Angeles, Chicago. This area is absolutely exploding. And I think sometimes in real estate, when you live in an area, you don't see the forest for the trees. So if you want to figure some of that stuff out, you can look at that population report and get your copy at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That is enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. <laughs> we are live with Dan uh, Thiessen uh, and Rachel Thiessen. Um, yeah, no, I just didn't know. I'm like, was Rachel using Thiessen as last name? You know, they never know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's that, true. That, that oh, the maiden name was DeYoung, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the name that's, that's right. still on the wall. That's how I, well, that's how I was introduced. Oh, maybe <laughs> yeah. I said there too. Yeah, yeah. So Do you we, see it on the gym yeah. wall on the, the CrossFit regional uh yeah, we're going to that name tag they gave them. Yeah. She's a better friend to me than you. She's I've been friends with her longer. <laughs> so how does that make it better? Yeah. <laughs> just I just had to had to go. Yeah. She taught me uh, mm. maybe not anymore. She taught me a lot. though. No, yeah. She taught me a lot. Yeah. 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 And she taught Tom a lot. She changed my life, especially with the nutrition. Well, first she yelled at me because I'll never forget. I don't know what I didn't know what I was doing at the gym. Not like I know now, but I was spotting somebody on the bench press. I'll never forget this. And they're like going to go in for their third rep on like a three rep max 
or something. And I guess I touched the bar oh. before like they were done pushing <laughs> on this rep. And from across the gym, I'm talking like maybe it felt like 200 feet away. Yeah. Somebody just starts yelling at me, don't touch the bar. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I dropped the bar. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And now I know how to spot people correctly. So yeah. thank you, Rachel. But you yeah. really, she really did change my life when she handed me the Primal Blueprint. Uh, that book. Yeah. That was that's you. A great book. And then in return, I smuggled grass fed butter from the US into Canada. <laughs> and then I gave her grass fed butter as a thank you. Yeah. Isn't that like the best thank you? And Absolutely. Now, and now Rachel's here putting her own milk. What yes. milk are you putting into the Don't coffee? say your own milk because oh, I'm yeah, still nursing twins. So, <laughs> not, not quite my own milk, although I hear that is a trend uh, these days. I've heard oh. that's a trend as well. No, I'm not even joking. I've heard of I've heard of restaurants getting it and making ice cream out of it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. It's breast milk. Yeah. People are messed Human up. breast milk. <laughs> yes. So but what are you putting in your but coffee? This, yeah. This is raw milk from a cow that I own and the farmers come and deliver the milk to me. Okay. So why did you buy this cow? That's so the that only way to legally get raw milk in Ontario. Yes. I think uh, I think our mom was involved in some lawsuit when it went down. She, owned she wasn't. No, one of the just one of the places oh. she got it from. Oh, a couple she, places. She yeah. owned owned a cow that in that place was involved. In yeah, lawsuit. at that yeah. point it was cow sharing. Yeah. And I don't think you can do that anymore. Now it has to be your cow, I believe, entirely. Yeah, apparently, because the, the one of the places I get my meat from. They finally, it finally went through the courts because they got raided a while ago and they mm -hmm. had to let all their cows go. Just recently, just a couple of weeks ago, it finally went. And uh, yeah, I gave, I donated towards the fine that they got. It was only a $5,000 fine, but, nice. but it's just, it's, it's criminal. What, what, it's, what will we do in this province with, with the, you know, our food supply? Like it's criminal. It's messed yeah. up. So, so what's Completely the danger with, raw, what are we trying to save everybody from with the raw milk? Well, the history of raw milk is like from the late 1800s when people were moving from like rural agricultural areas and mass in the city for the industrial revolution and so they brought the cows with them and the cows were living in these filthy conditions they were being fed brewery swill which is like the leftover grains from when you're making beer or whiskey or whatever it is they are making and so these and there was no proper sanitation right like people were emptying their um what's it called chamber pots like in the street Right? So all of these conditions, this is where the cows are living, this is where they're being fed. So people in the city were drinking this milk from these cows and they were getting sick. So uh, pasteurization was invented to kill germs and bacteria that might be growing in this dirty, filthy conditions of milk. But by going to a farm that is clean, and takes care of their animals, you reduce all of that risk. And you get to keep all the benefits of raw milk, which is all the enzymes, all the uh, beneficial bacteria like probiotics, and um, even like live lactase. So people that are lactose intolerant can sometimes drink raw milk without problems because the lactose hasn't been destroyed by pasteurization, enzymes, all that stuff. Well, you're making enemies already. Oh, I know. Already I know. People right off the bat, controversial. Sure. I don't know. I this know. sounds smart. Doesn't no, it does sound smart to me, but I just mean, I know that the, like, the, the low-hanging argument that I've heard from people, they're like, well, you know, why do we need milk anyways? We're, we're the only mammals that drink mm. like another mammal's milk. And I'm just like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's... And, and then, so sorry, when you, so you have a cow, do you go visit the cow sometimes? We, we have gone and visited oh, the cow. Nice. Yeah, we brought Malachi. Yeah. Cows are nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. We, we, uh, do you milk the cow yourself? No, no. Oh, no. But we let him run wild in the pastures oh, yeah no that's yeah. great no this is great have you milked a cow before uh, no yeah. i have yeah, milking a cow is like an awesome experience yeah yeah uh i know that sounds crazy but it really is and uh then how do you drink the milk do you have to boil it a little bit or warm it up or just straight raw no nope. i'm just trying to remember because I, I remember on on our farm in croatia there'd be a big pot on a wood-burning stove 
and they were maybe they it was just preference they were warming it up sometimes or something but i remember the milk sitting in this pot but it was cool sometimes too it was the, cool the, too, fat, yeah. the fat was on it on top on the top yeah. so maybe the, maybe after they left it for a bit and the fat was on the top they warmed it up again to maybe get it mixed in or something i don't know i actually forget i was a kid too so well i'm not calling you guys old but you have to think that like <laughs> a lot of this stuff is from before refrigeration right mm-hmm. so a lot of these old school traditional habits are from before everyone had in yeah rural Croatia, a refrigerator, right? Yeah. So these are habits that are carrying over. So they would have warmed the milk to turn it into yogurt or turn it into kefir, right? Mm-hmm. To, to kickstart that fermentation process. Because if you just leave the milk to sit, sense. then it like separates into curds and whey, mm-hmm. right? And so then you can strain it and make yogurt or cheese or whatever. Oh, got it. But then if you boil it a little bit, then um, it kind of okay. just warms it. Like that's how you make yogurt. You add the bacterial culture, you warm it a little bit, and then it sits for 24 hours and then you got yogurt. And our aunt would make, um, yeah, they would make their own cheese there and some like mm. right, triangular thing that they would put something in with a big plunger. Do you know what I'm talking about? Really? Yeah. And they would plunge this thing down and I don't know, cheese would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and it's interesting you say that about refrigeration because there was a lower level to this house that was, I guess, the equivalent of maybe a modern day cold cellar. But the fridge was just this, they had poured some like a cement rectangle with a, literally a cement um, a cap to it. And that was the fridge. So they would just kind of keep anything that they were trying to keep a little cooler. And then they actually had the animals underneath the house. And the reason the animals were underneath the house were for heat. Wow. Oh, cool. Because the animals, the cows and the horses that were underneath the house, you know, the, just the, the livestock kind of gave off heat. Right and underneath that, the bed, the main bedroom. So it's cool. Right Can you believe that? Bedroom, yeah. And there was just wood planks. So the heat would just come through between straight. the planks. And one day I was sleeping and they woke me up like, Tom, Tom, get up. And then this one cow that everybody loved was having a baby. Uh-huh. So we ran underneath the house and I saw a calf born like pop out of this cow and then just try to stand up. And I, like to this oh, day, I was like, it must have been like two in the morning and the whole village is there. Everyone's like, yeah, getting into this thing. And uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Those were like awesome memories. Yeah. Man. And that's where I milked the cow. Yeah. Yeah. Think of now, think of your kids' summer vacations yeah. and what's yeah. happening with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's different, different time. Yeah, going yeah. out, going out into the the fields there, and there was they had no washrooms when we go visit. So you just use the washroom like wherever you could. They had no yeah. toilet paper at no, times. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, it was yeah. leaves. Yeah, leaves. Yeah. 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 Smooth rocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But uh, so then, Rachel, why do you know all this stuff about food? Um, when I first started doing CrossFit, um, I was like a university student eating junior bacon cheeseburgers every day. And um, I started doing CrossFit and nutrition was an important part of it. They said, hey, you do these workouts and you follow this nutrition prescription. So I said, OK, done. And it was like a complete 180. Like I went from smuggling junior bacon cheeseburgers into the movie theaters to being that girl opening a can of tuna in the in the um, lunch lab and just eating it straight out of the can with you and know, everybody else running away yeah Yeah. Yeah. this girl stinks what she (laughs) yeah for sure but so then um i just realized that like they they go hand in hand and it made sense to me and so the way that it was presented to me was that this is natural food to fuel your body right meat fruits vegetables nuts and seeds and then you know a little bit of the other stuff starches sugars and then i realized how much of our food and food system was processed and industrialized and then therefore just kind of bought and paid for really and then how did you get into the CrossFit thing? Uh, one of my friends that I worked with at the Y, he started doing CrossFit and said, hey, there's a super cool workout. Come and try it. And yeah, I was hooked instantly. And then how did you become, you were, you know, you went all in. You were oh, when yeah. I, like when I first went to the gym that you were there as a trainer. How did you get to that point? 
For me, it just felt natural because I guess working at the YMCA for eight years, that was where I really learned how to be a coach. And so I always wanted to be a teacher. I just didn't know what exactly that looked like. So when I was in university, I wanted to be a professor and do research and all that stuff. And so it was kind of around the same time that I started to realize that in university to become a professor, you didn't actually get to do all the cool outdoor uh, research. You were like writing um, budget requests and proposals and, you know, asking for money and doing paperwork. And so I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like that much fun. But I'd been coaching for years and teaching aquafit and um, swim instruction for kids and adults. And so when I started learning about CrossFit and how to do it, then it just was a natural extension for me to want to teach other people how to do it. And when you so. say all in too, like I guess to your, you know, when I met you, you were drinking a lot of milk because yeah. <laughs> there was a period of time where you were drinking a lot of milk, taking a lot of calories mm-hmm. and gaining weight purposely to get strong. Mm-hmm. And then you dropped that weight um, to get for the conditioning. So you kept tried to keep as much strength as possible, dropped it. And then at that time you qualified. So for anyone not listening, there, like, there's like a yearly competition in CrossFit that's kind of open worldwide. And then it, at that time it was breaking out into the top qualifiers to go to the regional competition and you qualified for that, which is quite the accomplishment. That's, that's not an easy task to do. Um, so you you went in all in as a trainer and in training and your diet to kind of fine tune what you were doing there. So, I mean, it was, yeah, it was really all in from a, a number of different uh, uh, angles for sure. It was really cool to experiment with my body in that way because, yeah, I was, you know, like I actually went to the regionals in 2011. We had a team back then. And um, so, you know, just wasn't very strong. So that was why I started drinking the milk and I did a couple of powerlifting meets and just really focused on trying to get as strong as possible using the milk, putting on muscle. My goal was to add five pounds of muscle before my 30th birthday. So it was, it was, I gained, I ended up gaining like 20 pounds, but then you're right, taking Arm it and, off and yeah, <laughs> I know, you I know. The, the photos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was really interesting to be able to, yeah, do that with my body and be like, okay, I'm going to do this as an athlete and to be able to um, kind of take a step back and, you know, periodize your entire life to be like, okay, I'm going to enter this phase for like, a couple of years so that I can enter this next phase, you know, better off on the other side. Yeah, It takes a lot of discipline that take, especially for a female to be like, I'm going to gain 20 pounds, <laughs> be fatter than I've ever been, which is like part of the process. Like if you truly want to gain muscle, like as fast as possible, then you have to gain fat with it. So a lot of these like lean gains kind of stuff like that takes to do lean, real lean gains. That takes like years of like, manipulating your diet and your lifestyle to make those little bit of gains. But if you, you can do it a lot quicker if you're okay with adding the fat along with it, which most females typically are not. So the fact that she didn't really care, first of all, what anybody thought about, you know, her getting fatter, um, because she had a goal, it, it was like inspiring to watch. And also like, I had a lot of respect for the fact that she just didn't care what people thought about her. No need for <laughs> approval. Very rare. Yeah. That's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you can, you know, squat over 200 pounds, like you feel strong, you feel good about what you're doing. So what, it's not getting fat for, for no reason, right? When you're, when you're applying it to something and you're like, man, I can bench press 150 pounds. I can squat 200 pounds. Like, you know. How many times a day were you working out when you were leading up to get into the, the that CrossFit regional competition? Still most days, only once a day. Once a day. And what did yeah. the workout look like? 
It would usually have a little bit of strength training, but not as much. What's as a little bit of strength, strength training? Like one one lift. So maybe some squats or some presses or some Olympic lifting um, and then a circuit. I mean, it's really the same kind of stuff that we do at the gym still now. I, I don't really think that it was a very specialized program so what was the that hardest, I was doing. What was the hardest part of that period of your life? Was it gaining the weight or was it mentally preparing for the competition? Um, well, at that, that point, too, she had cut the weight down. So like it. Yeah, to be in the part. best shape she process. could be in, she had to cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's no way you're moving all that mass on pull-ups and handstand push-ups and stuff. <laughs> yeah, got so it. she had cut down. I, I remember it like pretty vividly too, like the workouts. Because like, didn't could she tell beat you, you in specific. some workout? Oh, she beat me in like every workout. During <laughs> yeah. that I knew I would beat her in every workout that didn't have wall balls. That or, was or, the, or, or row, rowing. Or rowing. And, sorry, yeah, why exactly. did you know? Because Dan's obviously pretty fit. Why did you know you could beat him in every workout? Because she's little and she can move faster. Because <laughs> she was in better shape. She was Let's be- hear it she from was, Rachel. She was in I would like to hear the answer from Rachel, please. Because I was in better shape than him. Yeah. For sure. That's the answer <laughs> I was hoping for. Listen, yeah. if it wasn't for me, she would have never pushed that hard. <laughs> and then what did you learn? So that regional competition is like two or three days of like a whole bunch of workouts, like two a day or three a day or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, leaving that, what did you reflect back on? Did, what did you learn from? What did you take away from that experience? Um, I absolutely loved the experience. And for me, like I knew that I wasn't going there to win. I was going there for the experience and to enjoy it. Mm. And I was in the last heat, you know, so it's not like I was competing like directly beside the top people, but then I actually took first place in two of the workouts in my heat, right? So it's not, I wasn't winning the competition, but to me, that really says a lot in terms of being like, okay, who are you actually competing with? Like, where are you are, where are you? And what are realistic goals in your life that you can have, right? So, I mean, like I wasn't trying to beat those top girls. So to me, if I was, then maybe I would have felt a sense of disappointment. But for me, I was just going there to have fun and enjoy the experience and do the best I can. And so I felt really rewarded and validated by that. that. And that's where like, what's neat about the two of us is we're very opposite. (laughs) So, but I was there and I think it's a great way to be in her ability to approach the workouts was always really well, like so, if anybody knew how to pace a workout properly, it was her. Huh. But if anybody knew how to not like finish on the gas pedal, it was also her. So like I, I was really good at being like, yeah, this is the perfect strategy, but like in the last two minutes, you're going to die. Yeah. And those are the workouts like she had a, I think it was a seventh in the one workout and a fifth in the other work, like two top 10 finishes. Um, and I, like there's very rarely you see her soul leave her body, but I've seen her soul leave her body in those moments. Yeah, cool. But that's, that's like, I just told her before, I'm like, this is your game plan, but at the end, this is when you don't, you got it. You, this is why we're yeah, here. That, and we're that's here what to Dan, Dan can do. You can flip a switch. And I always yeah. say, I'm like, I don't have that switch. Like, I don't want that switch. Yeah, I don't care to flip it. Yeah. He flips it every like, workout. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Well, anytime, well, workout. anytime you challenge him and everything, yeah. anytime you're like, Hey man, I can take you in this. Yeah. It's automatic. Before the workout starts, he's just like, he'll walk away laughing, but in the back of his head I'm for the you. rest of the day, he'll be bothered that someone thinks he, you know, yeah. and even though if it's like, you're half joking, yeah. he's just like, I, I can't believe it. I'm going to do this. And like, yeah. you know, I know, I'm competitive to like a stupid degree. <laughs> like it's not healthy, but I work on, like I work on myself, you know? 
did you have a gymnastics background? I did gymnastics a bit when I was ki- a kid. I uh-huh. always have this sort of sense of self-preservation. So I quit when I was supposed to do like backwards somersaults and stuff. I'm like, you know what? That's uh-huh. that's enough. But I think it was a lot of my swimming um, that really carried yeah. over because then I just had strong shoulders in general. So that translated well yeah, to be able it. to do yeah. like handstands. Nobody did, nobody did handstand push-ups faster than her. Yeah. It was annoying. My so, arms are also really yeah, short. Yeah, they're short. So, the range so of motion is a lot. It, not that anyone's really training for that type of competition, but that type of competition has strength. It has, you know, there's gymnastics components to it. There's some cardio components to it. What is the hardest thing for someone going into that in general? Would it be the gymnastics movements that are the most difficult for people? For most people, yeah, because that's the most specialized skill, right? So like so ring muscle ups, mm. bar muscle ups. That's where handstand uh, that, walking. The workout, handstand walks. The workout you came fifth had a ton of ring dips in it. And so many of the girls were like, got there fast and then just died on these ring dips. And then she got to the ring dips like quickly, but probably like third or fourth in the heat. And then just started banging out ring dips to the point where uh, Jason McDonald is one of the head judges for CrossFit. He's a former UFC middleweight fighter. Oh yeah, I, remember I feel him. like yeah. I remember the name. Alberta, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so he's from out West and uh, he was a head judge and he came over and he was like watching every single rep she did to make sure that she wasn't cheating. He thought cheating. she was cheating. She thought she was cheating. And I was like I was so angry I'm like yeah screaming I'm like go check on somebody else like she's doing it properly and he didn't know rapper one were you guys dating by this point or no as that comp or no we started dating after that like (laughs) that weekend Dan saw how you were I remember at the time that's when you guys were starting to get close I remember the stories about how there that's interesting yeah Yeah. I was trying to stay focused I was trying to you know I was giving her Dan saw what you did okay (laughs) you know what she's competitive enough I think I can I think I can marry her yeah so Rachel you've seen I just remember you what an incredible trainer that you are. And when I met you, you were training tons of people. What is the common trait with people who stick around, who come to the gym and stick with it and don't just like fade away after a month or two? Like is it a reason? Like people like me, like you can't get rid of if you want to. No, Nick's definitely an anomaly. <laughs> not, not anyone like Nick. Slightly because Nick, psychotic. like you can't get Nick to go away from the gym. So, <laughs> yeah. so like, I, I just mean, what is like is someone who's going to stick with it? Is, is it a goal that they have or like, what, what is there a common denominator or no? Well, Everyone's so different. For me, well, I mean, I feel like there are two personality types. Like Dan and I are a different personality type. You, you guys are different personality mm-hmm. types so there's different traits for different people right so but both of you guys have in common is that you enjoy learning new things and to mm-hmm. me that's the most important thing is because not only are you walking in there and sucking at everything doesn't matter what you did before whoa 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 right? let's hold off a second nick maybe me come on <laughs> remember we i saw you squat when you started i remember rachel screaming at me when i couldn't do a a, a pull-up and i had a green elastic band and then we were trying to learn some kipping stuff and yeah. she's like come on like how can you not do this and I, sorry i I mean this in the most positive way. Like you were the most, you were awesome the way you spoke. So if it's not coming across the way I'm articulating it, I meant it was very great. It was amazing. Comical, comical was, for like a was, five foot tall girl to be so screaming good. It was so good. It did, mo- it did, did motivate she, me. She but, was aggressive though. Like she's calmed down quite a bit. I feel like over, like having kids maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But I, rem- I remember her like how aggressive she was with me, but I did stupid crap too. So I don't yeah. necessarily... Uh, why was that but your that style, exists. Rachel? You were in people's face. You wanted the yeah. best for them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. It was good. And I, think I was though, excited naturally about yeah. about watching people progress because that's the thing. Like I've been doing this for 14 years now. Right. Yeah, well. So there has to be there has to be periods of, you know, focusing on one thing more than the other. So focusing on strength and then focusing on gymnastics or focusing on cardio. And that kind of stuff is what keeps it interesting. And so it's people that appreciate that kind of stuff that are going to stick around to be like, OK, I got bored of doing, you know, this particular thing. Right. Even if it's just going to a regular gym and bored of doing the same routine of dumbbells in front of the mirror. Right. So it's like I want to learn something new. OK, I've mastered this or at least I've like started to check off a little bit. And then I want to go and learn something else and being able to set goals and kind of see progress in that way. Hmm. I wonder if people who are going to Radix understand all the thought that you're putting into this, you know, like the training and then Rachel, what you're explaining to keep people there and how there's so many different things that you guys are offering. That's interesting. I think, I think that you... the deeper you're in the community, the more you understand. Like, I think people like Nick understand, mm -hmm. but maybe you know, yeah, if you're new, you don't new, realize you don't what's going realize. all into. You just think there's like a program to follow yeah. and you don't get all the thought going into it. Yeah, if you have nothing to compare it to. Right. If you yeah. if you can if you can compare it to something else, but if you've just decided to get in shape and you come to a gym like this, mm -hmm. which is great, right? Like that's great, but you have nothing to compare it to, so you don't. You, you just, just you just kind of think that's all normal, right? Yeah. And then well, if you go explore a little bit, you're like, oh, you don't realize how good you had it. CrossFit gets a bad rap in general because people think that's that it's just a random accumulation of random exercises and random reps, especially kids. like the pull-ups and stuff. You the know, kipping the kipping motion. <laughs> well, I, you know, I one one of the people here, so Ashley here the other day. Was was talking we were, we were joking about it with a couple guys in the office just about i think we were just you know chirping each other yeah. about stuff and she's like yeah i don't get this whole thing we my boyfriend and i when we're at the gym we laugh at the way you guys do pull-ups you know <laughs> and i'm like well like it's a different like there's a di you know there's a different stimulus that you're trying to kind of that you're, you're trying to kind of trigger yeah, but, versus but, just, but it doesn't mean you can't do a lot of strict pull-ups no but, no, but the, the, people just don't realize well the problem yeah. with crossfit early on though is is to be fair the bad rap was slightly justified in in my opinion, because it was always more and more and more, you know, so people couldn't do a lot of strict pull-ups, right? And they could only do some keeping pull-ups and they didn't have the strength and then that's how they would hurt themselves or they couldn't lift properly, but it was always faster, harder, more, and without good form sometimes they were pushing people too much. So that's mm -hmm. why they kind of, they had to readjust some things, which I think was beneficial. But now with good form, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's like, yeah, it's and I think the, with the rise of like, people's ability to go on Google or YouTube and be like, you know, how do I do a pull-up properly? You can mm -hmm. quickly figure out who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't know what they're talking well, about. Well, and that's why, I mean, gyms. Like, we, sure don't let people, gyms we don't let people do kipping pull-ups until they can have mm -hmm. a good control of their pull-up. You know what I mean? And, I like, it, I'm a bigger person. I can do a lot of strict muscle-ups. So, like, you have to have that control. Then you turn that control into something where... You know, if I'm doing a Metcon and I'm trying to get it done as fast as possible, then I can do kipping. But if you look at the programming, even from the summer and stuff, we did so much strict stuff compared to how much kipping. And now that we're getting closer to the open competition and I know that we're going to have to use a faster style. Now we're starting to use it, but that we built that base of strength and endurance in the movement before we start introducing mm -hmm. that kind of, that's uh, just why I would scream ability. at you so much to make sure that you have that foundation, right? <laughs> foundation is everything. I don't think you know this, but on the second time, I think I was there, I was doing some deadlifts, which I didn't even really know what they were. And I think I had like 95 pounds total 
on this bar and I was doing a deadlift. I think you were getting me, I don't know who was getting me to do this deadlift. And my whole back seized up at 95 pounds. Maybe it was 75. I'm not even joking. No, that's and all, Nick, let's pretend it was more uh, than that. No, it was, a, max like was 95. And then Nick, this is the second time I'd ever been there. And uh, Nick came by and I'm like, oh, Nick, like my whole back, I can barely move. Like I can't move my back. And he goes, you don't even mention that to anyone. <laughs> you don't even say that. Because <laughs> he was so embarrassed because yeah, uh, it was such a lightweight. But that's where I was starting from so you really had a challenge on your hands Rachel so I appreciate you sticking with me because <laughs> I, that, that was yeah. starting from zero negative 10 <laughs> holy smokes uh, I think having th the attitude you come into the gym with makes a huge difference though you know what I mean like if, if people just this is the problem I think people want instant results they want to be good at something instantly and then they don't want to put in the time and effort it takes to actually be good at that thing you know what I mean? Yeah. So how long does it take yeah. to gain some muscle from somebody who said, okay, I just, I want to gain some muscle. How long does it take to gain muscle that's going to maybe stick around for a little bit? So um, if you've never trained before, you can gain muscle like fairly quickly over like a two month period. You can put on a little bit of muscle because your body's never had a stimulus like that before. It adapts fairly quickly. So like the more green you are, the less experience you have, the quicker that happens. And then it gets tougher the longer you've trained and um, you have to switch up all the variables more often to create more muscle. Like to put more muscle on Nick would be a lot tougher. Because he's been working out so Just long. so long. But because he's been working out so long, will the muscle that he has stay around longer? For sure. So if somebody works out a little bit, gains some muscle in two months and stops working out, they're gonna lose they're that muscle. Quick. So you can, you get the benefit by length of time. Oh, for sure. And then like you, you can see the studies of like the density of muscle changes quite a bit, the longer you've been using it. And Got you it. see a lot of the older CrossFitters in, in um, you can look at the abs and the density of somebody's abs by how long they've been doing, you know, high volume toes to bar or gymnastics stuff or hauls, like the density of the muscle will grow. Hmm. Yeah. I'm curious about something like as I've gotten older, the mobilities, I, I, I hated stretching. Now I actually don't mind it so much. You know, I need it programmed for me and then I'll follow it. I'm the type of person that like, I'm a good student because if you program it for me, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. But if if it's not programmed and like listed for me, I'm just like, I don't want to, I hate that stuff. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So I ignore it. But so I see people that start and as you guys have worked with people, if someone hasn't really trained much, so they have the opportunity to gain muscle and strength and that's good, but they also can't do full range of motion. So let's use squat for an example, right? Mm -hmm. They can barely get to parallel. What? how much should you focus on them being able to kind of increase their range of motion versus gaining muscle? Because as I've gotten older now, I've realized that be increasing my mobility and getting comfortable in these kind of natural positions that I should have kind of had, you know, you used to laugh at me for getting, I couldn't put my hands above my head. Mm -hmm. Rachel, when we, when we started, um, she's like, okay, well, you know, when I first started doing CrossFit, she said, put your hands above your head. I'm like, okay. And I think they were like here. She's like, that's not above your head. I'm like, okay. And then I like had to arch my back, like, you know. Um, but so like how much, how much weight, like do you put between the two? Because sometimes I look at it, I'm like, shouldn't, people focus on being able to do a full squat almost just with the bar versus adding weight to the bar and doing half a squat? Yeah, I, well, I think you need to work on that every day. So to make it, the older you are, the harder that process and the longer the process. I, I know, yeah, I've, so, been, fighting, <laughs> I've been fighting it. Uh, but it, so to me, they work hand in hand. You work your mobility and then you do the squat to allow your body to build the strength in the new mobility that you gain as you do so you do mobility work or as part of your warm-up and then you squat and you work that full range that you have and then you keep working that the problem with just doing mobility stuff and gaining that new range is that new range is very weak 
you've never had it before. But if we incorporate the strength side of it, like doing squats at a new range and you slowly build the strength with mobility, then you're way more likely to hold on to the mobility, first of all, and to have it be strong and less likely to injure you. So I th they just go hand in hand. Like that's how I built mine. Mine was not great at all starting. I was in such a hunched position and I couldn't like same thing, not as bad as you. I didn't have as much uh, chest muscle, but I still had a hard time keeping my hands over my head and stuff like that. But I'd work mobility every day and then I'd do the strength and then it would get strong and better together. And it's just, that's the, to me, the best way. For sure. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. They're complementary, and then because um, like you're being you, safe. you've seen those people who are super mobile, but then super weak. That's also not a good place to be. You know what I mean? Those type of people can hurt themselves in whole different ways. You know, like dislocating joints because they move through such a. Crazy yeah, I've seen some age. people who are super mobile, and it's almost like they can't. Whereas I have the opposite approach, whereas I can't stay loose. I'm always tight in everything, mm -hmm. and it's like some people almost can't tighten their muscles, no. and it's harder for them to gain strength because they just can't get tight. Yeah, it's like the opposite kind of yeah. problem right and and then that becomes their struggle you know it's like you look at each other wishing you had each other's problems but in at the end of the day you need a combination of both that's why I like uh, olympic weightlifting and gymnastics because you see what people are capable of in those kind of end ranges of mobility and strength put together and gymnastics and and weightlifting both have those kind of components when you see somebody snatch huge weight like the mobility it takes to be in that position and hold that weight is incredible. And then when you see somebody, you know, do an iron cross, you're like, geez, man, like the, you know, the range of motion yeah, they can go awesome. through, but the, like the strength they have to hold it is like, it just crazy. How are you eating right now, Dan? What, what are you, what does your eating look like right now? Are you eating for a specific goal? Me right now. So I've cut my, I was training super hard. Last time we did the podcast, I was training super hard and I was eating tons of carbs to sustain that. Um, now I'm not training as hard. So I, my protein intake always stays the same. It's always between 205 and 225 grams of protein a day. So one gram per, per pound, pound of, of body weight. Yeah. When I'm lean. And if I'm trying to like help myself heal a little bit quicker or put on muscle, then I'll eat a little bit more than that. Um, and then the, um, fat and the carbs are what I kind of switch up. What kind of fat do you like? So first thing is you want to make sure you're getting enough fat in a day. So for me, my body weight and how lean I like to be is between 90 and 100 grams a day. And then that just comes like I don't eat any garbage food. So it's all uh, like my fat will come from coconut oil, um, olive oil, olive oil, uh, good meat. So you okay. need the saturated So like grass-fed meat. Grass-fed meat, grass-fed butter, uh, ghee. She cook, cooks with ghee. Okay. Um, and that way your hormones uh, stay firing off the way you want them. Because the hormones benefit from the good fats. Yeah. And then when you're eating carb um, or lots of carb, when you're eating lots of carb, mm -hmm. what is the carb? Uh, so fruit, vegetables, rice, uh, root vegetables, especially because they're like not a ton of so greens. So sweet potato? Sweet potatoes. Uh, I, I eat a piece of fruit at every meal. Um, big o oatmeal. Big, yeah, oatmeal. I've come off of oatmeal recently because I like to cycle off of certain things. Okay. Um, like if I need, when I was taking in like six hundred grams a day, you need a lot of rice and pasta and stuff to kind of make okay. up that. Um, but I've come off a lot of. How that. much carb is in fruit? Is there a lot of carb in fruit? Yeah, like a like an apple yeah. will have like twenty grams. Okay. Yeah, so like decent, but six hundred grams is like work to get in. So yeah. you need like rice is really 
like dense uh, carb wise and it's easier to eat. So like a couple of cups of rice and you can get over a hundred grams of carbs in and it, it's easier to put down. Which is why when people are like, oh, I can't eat fruit. It's got too many carbs. But then they it's eat madness. a giant bowl of People's, rice. Then yeah. Even it, the, the, I was thinking. So like, you could have a lot of apples versus like, the, the rice. When, you, yeah. when you're saying like people's argument against the raw milk or whatever, those same people who say that will go home and eat like a pint of ice cream. And you're like, you have a problem with raw milk. Right, what has all these, and then you can go home and just eat ice cream. You That's because it's mean? made with it's, modified milk. Yeah, exactly. It's not actually made with any, <laughs> exactly. any real milk. Like people's logic to me is insane. It, the way they can justify themselves around your, things, your knowledge you know? is so deep in a subject matter, yeah. where someone else is just talking from their ass. Yeah. So when they talk, they, it it's, doesn't really it's make like, sense. Oh, I would never, I would never drink that. But you have no problem you know, uh, eating man-made fats and sugars that are like literally destroying your body. You know what I mean? Or, you know, they might know that they're doing something bad, but they just don't know where to stop. I think the biggest thing I learned, and I I think this is Rachel, something going back to you, just talking to you and some of the books that you gave me to read and stuff was I didn't understand the replacement foods. So when I cut out like the bacon cheeseburger, or I cut out the ice cream or the cereal, Mm-hmm. Like the the cereal that I yeah, used Tom to, was a cereal. Yeah, like monster. I didn't yeah. understand. I had to relearn. Like, oh, I can get dark chocolate breakfast. and macadamia nuts, and these macadamia nuts with some dark chocolate. It's like awesome. Yeah. Like I love it, and that could be a replacement for some things that I was eating or almond butter. But yeah, I have a tendency to go like way too hard yeah. on things. Which you also know. process fats. Like he can eat a ton of fats. And I, eat, my body just. Pro- I remember being at this one conference and they had MCT oil, which is like concentrated MCT oil, and they yeah. were giving out samples of it to like sip, and I took like a a big one and I just like shot it down. They're like, Oh my God, don't do that. I'm like, look, no problem. (laughs) I can handle that stuff. No problem. We went through all our DNA markers, uh, with Dr. Cow and each one of us. And there's, there's one of the genes he's got to process fats. I don't have, I don't have, and I, so I naturally, so he's naturally like a slimmer build than I am just because I will naturally hold more fat. He's like, you just, you just blow through it anyways because of the way you work out, you know, constantly and stuff like that. But he goes, just it's it's there, and always our body types have always been. He's just been a leaner person, mm. right? And and you see it with the amount of fat that he eats. It's it, you can I don't know not as much anymore, but for no. a while there between nuts and, and dark chocolate. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would love to know how many those days how much how many oh. grams of fat you. Were At one point I was it calculating was it was astronomical, but also my tolerance for pain is much higher than yours. Proven it. Oh, that was a DNA testing. Yeah. <laughs> my tolerance for pain is, and I'm not, not surprised. Not, hey, you know what? I'm not surprised. If I have to judge I'm, it by, how much, by how much you guys complain at the gym, then I don't know. No, my complain at the gym, just for anyone listening, I do complain a lot at the gym and I don't like complainers. So this is like yeah. kind of a bullshit thing to say. But when I complain at the gym, it's almost like therapeutic. It because is definitely. I complain, but I always do the workout. Yeah, yeah. Like I will complain and I will complain that the training is poor. Whoever put this together doesn't know what they're talking about. This is the most stupid thing. Yeah. Why am I paying to come here? Like I'll complain about everything. I bitch at Dan mid-workout. Yeah, yeah, I look definitely. at him like, you're a jerk. This Why'd you make me do this? <laughs> but as far as pain goes, there was that one workout where I pushed myself to oh, the ultimate you max. Did. You did. What, I, that was Fran. There's not too many people I've seen in the gym look like you after a workout. <laughs> I pushed my... No, I know. I look... I'm not... Yeah, that was, I was... That's the only time... I'm pretty sure it's the only time where I was starting to dial 911. Like, oh yeah. No, I did. I, I'll never forget <laughs> feeling that way. That was yeah. bad. I couldn't speak yeah. English. Yeah. I, I started I, speaking another language spontaneously. I, th- yeah. I honestly 
honestly think though that like do you know that friend workout that i did i don't know if you were I there remember. Oh. it was uh, devastating it yeah was. and it was his it wasn't really him it was ruben who was standing next to him, and ruben was like do it for your kids yeah he brought the kids and then and then you know what i couldn't see i couldn't even see and i was grabbing the pull-up bar and i was like oh i just jumped in the air and tried to grab something and I was yeah. like, oh my god to me it when still, I like, it still took him 10 minutes to finish yeah to me when oh, i yeah. when i paced oh, no doubt no, i didn't when, it's not like i was like when athletic I, or when something. i paced out the workout for you i'm like oh this is like this is a nice easy you were not thinking easy, for someone like, who's normally athletic friend, you know not like i didn't think it was going to be devastating you know there's two times i've gotten text messages <laughs> i just thinking about it's making me laugh yeah. from dan one was after fred i have a picture of tom <laughs> just like oh my gosh and then the other time wasn't a picture but you were texting me when tom was trying to finish oh, the rope climbs and he's I'm like hey man i'm actually worried for your brother like I, yeah. like he's gonna he might fall and i saw yeah i was <laughs> I'm like do, tell him to stop no, i was doing these rope climbs no and i remember i was like i remember i, how stopped, I, I didn't stop him but i'm like dude we, you need to rest right now we're gonna count to 30 seconds and then you're gonna do another one you know what i yeah. i just thought it was gonna be so easy that i did these rope climbs faster than i had ever done them and i just remember dan going to talk to rachel and i remember the look on his face like look this guy he's fucked up here like i don't know what's gonna happen yeah. and i just remember thinking geez man how did i mess this up so badly and everything was happening in slow motion yeah, yeah. like i saw everything in slow motion i think i saw charles waugh and Irwin at the door looking at me and i was just observing myself i'm like well i wonder what i'm gonna do here the other problem but anyway i finished it. it you did you did and and within the <laughs> and within the time cap we had set i know i remember running the last mile of that yeah. workout and my arms um they wouldn't move yeah so i was running with just my arms to, like, just straight like i've never had that before yeah. my my arms literally wouldn't we, move. We did that workout together at Element as a second workout in that day. In the day, I yeah, came, you guys. Did I it. came out way too hot. Always. <laughs> way too hot. Oh. Yeah, so just for anyone this listening, so this, this, <laughs> this workout because Rachel would crush it. You did this workout and you crushed it. Yeah, yeah, she yes, yeah. She see. she passed me in the burpees at the end. I was so so the workout for anyone listening, the workout is you run. Uh, no, how did it start? Thirty clean and jerks. Thirty, 30 clean 30 and jerks. Clean. You run a mile. Yeah. Then you do ten rope, ten climbs, rope climbs. Ten rope climbs at fifteen feet. Yeah. Rope climbs and then you run a run a mile and then you do a hundred burpees. Uh, yeah. And uh, for you, you had set like a forty-five minute time cap for That's me right. and Mike, which yeah. I think is a very generous time cap. And Mike finished it. Like Mike used the washroom Mike halfway. Was, Mike yeah. was like Mike was Mike thirty was, something. Did some text messages halfway through. And then I. I think I came in like under 30 seconds left or something. Yeah, yeah. We we got it done though. But Rachel, how fast did you do that workout? Do you remember? It's like no. 30. It was 30 minutes. Yeah, just 35 maybe. Odd. Just over 30. And then, yeah. yeah. I was like, but I knew I just had to hang on, to just keep my pace, and then I'd she be able paced to it well. Pass I on did those clean and jerks so fast, dude. Why? I did Grace, yeah, because that's what I'm telling you. There's something wrong with me. But I remember finishing the clean and jerk. Something very satisfying about a clean and jerk. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. it is very satisfying. Yeah. And I went for the first run, and I'm like, damn, I got to do another mile after this. How running is brutal. Yeah, running sucks, especially running. when there's something weird about running and your arms hurting. You, yeah. It doesn't work properly. You actually need your arms. No, I know. Properly. Yeah, I remember telling Nick that my arms wouldn't work. He's like, "Why didn't you just swing, swing your arm and grab your T-shirt?" And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so smart! Uh, I never really thought of that." That's what I like about doing uh, Murph with the vest is that you just like hang your hands in the vest and just waddle run like oh after it. God. <laughs> so, Rachel, what are when are, um, do you eat similar foods to Dan at home? No, like, we're oh, like opposite. Oh, so how do you? How, what, what how before you, you answer that? I just want to I want to preface it with this same same topic because I was thinking about it because you've been through multiple different um, 
kind of stages in your life, especially as a woman, right? Because you go through a lot of hormonal changes when you have, you know, when you're young and just, and you're just, you're doing CrossFit, but then when you get pregnant and during pregnancy and then after, after you have kids and stuff like that. So I think a lot of women will be interested in kind of those different things around your diet. So just mm-hmm. kind of to piggyback off. What yeah. So saying, if you want to pick a phase or whatever, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. How we, should talk, we should talk I, about like right now, how different. Yeah, right right now is very different, but it's still kind of very true to myself because, yeah, once I started learning about food um, and then I could kind of see like how natural it is to like eat a lot of meat and then just kind of accessorize that. Again, I feel like I'm kind of like a Tom, like I do well with like a higher fat diet um, and he's always been like... um, uh, lower fat and more carbs than I personally feel good doing. So like he says he eats hundred grams of fat a day. Like, so do I. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We'll eat the same, <laughs> but I'll eat like six times more carbs. Sa- yeah. Same yeah. fats, Rachel, or different fats? Mostly butter. Like Mostly primarily. Butter. primarily. And how are and you eating milk. the butter? Where like, are you eating the butter straight? Are you putting it on something? How are you eating the butter? Sometimes oh, there's teeth marks in the right? butter. There's yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that. Look, I've, I've, seen, I've personally <laughs> seen you bite into a bar of butter. Yeah. yeah. Well, people so, come to our house and they're like, like, did your dog get yeah. his butter? <laughs> Listen, I do feed the dog butter too sometimes. Okay, like, if not, I need to get him in his crate, I'm like... Yeah, so I want you to complete what you're eating, but not everyone knows this, that you couldn't get grass-fed butter very easily in Canada like yeah. 10, 15, 10, 12 years ago. So I went to the U.S. for some conference. I found grass-fed butter. I was so excited to get it. that I took a taxi ride. It cost me like $80 to get to this grocery store just to get this grass-fed butter. I went outside the store. I peeled the butter back, and I was taking a bite, and right as I looked up, there was a gym in front of me with people on an elliptical machine. <laughs> Machines, like you know, those elliptical machines, and there was probably like ten people, and I was just biting into this thing of butter, and I'm like, this is so ridiculous. But I was so happy to find grass-fed butter. But okay, so good yeah. butter. Where are you buying your butter now? Oh, I just get it from the same farm as the milk. Okay, like it comes yeah. in a what is like that paper stuff? Was it like called? wax paper? Wax it's like a paper, pound of and it's like a pound butter. in a ball. Okay, like it's absurd. And then you'll see bite mar- marks in this ball of butter. Yeah, I like that. So, <laughs> so butter, and then what other yeah. fats? Coconut oil, maybe. Yeah, coconut oil, coconut butter. I really like, you huh. know, because it's really got the good. fiber in it. It's yeah. like, I don't think I've had yeah. coconut, butter. coconut butter. Is really good. Oh, okay. You would just eat coconut. the whole jar. Of wow. It, yeah. Honestly, okay. like if you just like started with a spoon, and it's huh. like twelve dollars for a jar. I used to eat it when I was on one of. Uh, when I had to cut out all sugars for uh, like six weeks, and I mean everything, like it was like I couldn't eat carrots because carrots had some sugar. Like it was like everything was hardcore, and I needed some food at night. I needed some calories, and that, that's when I was, it, I was introduced to it. And it's actually a really good snack. It's so good. You got to watch it depending on on what your goals are. You got to watch maybe how much of it you yeah. consume. Right? And then how are you eating for protein and carb? Uh, yeah, so same thing. Like Steak. it's a, it's a it's a gram of protein yeah. per body weight. Sorry, my mic. Here. She eats a lot of red meat though, compared to most people. What cuts of red meat do I you know. like? I usually have ground beef every day, so either just like a bowl of ground beef, or I just make it into burger patties. What do you put in the ground then, beef? Oh, but any, we get any the butter. Butter. Yeah. But we get the um, nose to tail. Blend. Nose to tail blend is the best, dude. You get like huh. liver in it. You get uh, heart. Heart. You kidney. Get where kidney. where do you get that from? A farmer. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Wild Meadows Farm. So it's huh. how much percent organ meat? And how much? Twenty percent organ meat. Really? I've never seen that before. Dude, that's interesting. So good. We make burgers out of it, and oh. then you get all those micronutrients oh from the. Gosh, oh, that's interesting. Great. Yeah, that's something yeah. I should try. I've never tried it. I've so never you just seen that. You just cook yeah. up the ground beef, this nose to tail ground beef, which has organ meat in it, mm-hmm. and then you just throw butter in it. Yeah, and you eat it like that. Yeah, and sometimes some microgreens, like we get microgreens. Oh, I forgot um, about that. Yeah. Where are you and getting then, microgreens? Another farmer. What's called every everyday micros? Yeah, it's one of one of our members. Um, they yeah makes it for like. Uh, 
really high quality restaurants and stuff like that. Okay. So he just delivers a package to us every week. Okay. He put it on everything. What was yeah. the name and of that again? Everyday Micros. Everyday Micros. Yeah. Okay. And, and then whatever carbs I'm eating, if I'm like, if I'm having carbs fruit. with that meal, then it would either be yeah, like fruit, like an apple on the side, or I would just put rice or sweet potato uh, like right into the bowl of ground beef. She also like does not eat vegetables. Yeah, I don't eat a lot of vegetables. And that's a choice because you don't like them. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm, or, I'm not convinced that they're the panacea that they've been I'm with you. made out to I know. be. If you I'm 100% with you. Carnivore I'm 100% with you. you yeah. yeah, but you know why? When I eat vegetables that aren't cooked sometimes, I'll just have like a, like I'll have to sometimes run to the, like if I had yeah. spinach that's not it's, cooked, I'm like, I'm running to the washroom. I'm like, I don't think this is a problem with me. No. I think this spinach, there's something like, you know how you have read about how vegetables protect themselves. They'll have a bit of a toxin to them that you have to cook it to kind of relieve those toxins. That's so exactly. Like, yeah. And I, and I feel problem. like all this, everyone's like, oh, are you eating enough raw vegetables and stuff? I'm like, oh, I'm not so sold on the raw vegetables. I think we're in like the nutrition world is in such a weird place with, um, being pushed by so much money in different directions and people trying to make money in different ways and you get parts of studies or people using parts of studies to push a certain thing that and there's no regulation on anything so to find like what actually is working or what science is just based on trying to get uh, people the best food possible is really tough to find so then when people start to challenge the narrative, guys like Paul Saladino, he's on uh, Carnivore MD. Okay. So he's pushing that narrative of like, he doesn't believe that vegetables are all made out to what everybody is trying, you know, trying to do with them. And so he pushes this meat for diet with fruit um, and honey, stuff like that for the carbs. Uh, but he has a lot of interesting science to back up what he's saying. And people with autoimmune uh, problems and diseases are getting really amazing results from doing something like meat that. fruit and honey i'm in yeah yeah sold yeah and um but like i saw him on a uh youtube video where like seven doctors just like attacked him yeah. like he was the worst and there's nuance to this everything. what's right for one person isn't no, right exactly. for another and that's, person that's what's neat about us is like she, i'm very carb driven and she's very fat driven and and but we can make that you'll work. eat more vegetables than rachel not really okay i will eat more than she will late like lately not like the more i kind of find research i'll eat more fruit than actual vegetables i will have like like last night i had asparagus with my okay yeah we have a we have a vegetable with dinner every night sometimes it's just but you're not like sometimes searching it's, you know, it out and, and it's not replacing any of my carbs and i'm not putting it in my fitness pile to to count towards any of my carbs. It's just there as a well, fiber source and a bit of micronutrients. Yeah, and so then if you go back to like primal blueprint, you know, paleo, mm -hmm. like I'm not necessarily about that. I'm not saying that we need to eat like cavemen, but if you look at it from a traditional ancestral perspective, then not only is there a lot of genetic variability in terms of like Inuit who naturally ate, you know, seal blubber and their diet's gonna be like 70% fat versus people that live closer to the equator, like a Mediterranean diet or even more, they would be eating a lot of tropical fruit, and then their diets would be like Come seventy. The then their diets would be like seventy percent carbs, right? So you have to look at it in terms of like where is your genetic heritage from, and is your body predisposed? And you can you know check out your genetics and that sort of thing towards being able to eat more fats and being able to eat more carbs. But on both of those spectrums, nowhere were vegetables a major part of the diet because they're not calorically dense and. 
And if you look at it from a traditional perspective, mm, okay. these people, again, they didn't have refrigeration. They didn't have the means to be able to have a lot of calories um, without a lot of work to go along with it. So you need foods that are both calorically dense and nutrient dense. So no one's arguing that there's not nutrients in vegetables. Like there are, there's benefits like to them. How much of those vegetables would you have to get to hit what you mm. actually need Got when it. you have stuff like organ meat that can literally like give you all the micronutrients oh. you need in like the proper amounts per yeah like because when we first started serving. doing crossfit it was zone diet so it was like this is a unit of carbohydrates and it was like it was like i remember that with the cards didn't the zone diet have the cards yeah, yeah yeah and so it was like it was before counting macros it was before my fitness pal right so it was like okay so you could eat two cups of broccoli or you could eat one tablespoon of honey so to get the amount of carbs that you would need in a day you would need to eat like bushels of broccoli mm-hmm. that's yeah. just not efficient for anybody it's digestive system i, yeah. I, I eat vegetables Jeez. with every meal i love vegetables i love more salads i eat a salad with everything mm-hmm. like i can't even i don't I do even, i do enjoy good salad. i don't even yeah. enjoy my meal if i don't have a salad mm-hmm. like i can have the best steak and i'm like i just want a salad with it and it's just kind of who i am and we so, grew up eating what, a lot of what, lettuce what do you put in the salad though like olive oil, makes, salt. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's olive you oil. Have to have apple, all that cider stuff. Yeah. apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is a nice salt. I, it's, I think it's the combination of those things that you crave. It, like, if you just sat there and, like, I'm going to eat this lettuce, no. No, no, it's everything. Right? It's, it's a everything. good olive oil. But, yeah. but then what I'll find is, as, and I enjoy broccoli, I enjoy Brussels sprouts and stuff, but as an example, like Brussels sprouts, I can't eat too many of them because I just find they're too heavy. My body can't digest them the same way. So after the missile, so I do everything based on how I feel. Mm-hmm. So, and I hate counting. My, I had to do it for a couple. I did it for a couple weeks. I'm like, this is stupid. I hate doing this. So I stopped doing it. But I don't like, so I just know how I feel. And like for me, if I have, if we've been traveling as as an example, and so let's say we were at an all-inclusive resort. So you're eating in the buffets and they're using crappy oil. So, you know, yeah. So when you come home from there, you know, you're you're just, your body just doesn't feel right. Right. So like in our household, we will have like what we call like a reset meal. And it's just like some rice, ground meat mixed with rice. Maybe sometimes if we'll we'll mix it together, all together with like tomato sauce or something like that, a little bit of tomato sauce and then like a salad. And then for me, if I eat that, I just know automatically I'm going to feel better. Yeah. And sometimes it's really not even for the nutrients, the salad. I think it's just for the, it's, it's almost just for the, uh, the hydration. Cause a lot of it's, will just be like a cucumber salad and the amount of nutrients in a cucumber. It's not Zero. a ton at all. Water. But yeah. yeah. But yeah. I love it too. But it's just, sometimes it's just the freshness of it. I, li- I think I like the freshness to go with the other foods. Yeah. It's almost like it's a, it helps kind of like wash it down in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a small percentage of what you're actually eating. Right. Oh yeah. That's, that's why it just, it doesn't like, I, again, I have vegetables that at least a couple of times a day, but it's just not in a, any type of, like, it's not a staple of anything. I see how you're mentally classifying this stuff. It's just like something I put in there as a filler. Rachel, what are some of your, um, I don't know if I want to call them sweet tooth foods or like if you need something to satiate yourself as a bit of a snack or after the meal, do you like, do you go to like dark chocolate or honey or is it like stuff like that? Butter, that Tom. It's butter. Butter's yeah. into every Pass the butter. We're past you the butter. You dip the butter in dark chocolate. Oh, butter and honey. Butter and honey. Butter is very satiating for yeah. sure. It is. Yeah. So, so butter and honey, how do you eat that? chocolate too though. You just smush it together. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But also dark chocolate. Yeah. Have dark you, chocolate. Like what percent? And coconut mana. What percent? 
of uh, dark chocolate is dark to you? It really depends on my mood and also the I ingredients. Know, doesn't it? I yeah. Know. So, okay, so walk us through that. Yeah, I'll just take a look and just see what kind of brands are available, mm-hmm. and you know, just try to get because I mean, a lot of them still have like artificial flavors in them, you know. And even though you're paying like four dollars a bar and if it says organic or something, you know I what hate I mean? that they you, all you have that have soy lexitin or whatever. Um, you know, if there's some of them, yeah, you should stay away from it's artificial flavoring. Artificial it's flavoring. Just Artificial anything. Yeah, though. it's destroying so, your gut. So dark chocolate so to you, anything below what is not dark? And 70%, 70% I think is like, a, is like a... 70 is a treat. Yeah. 70 is good. Yeah, right? And then I think yeah. like everyone can palate that. I mean, I've had the 85. I like the 85. And then, yeah, you just don't eat as much, right? Mm-hmm. You just have to eat it slowly. I dip my... I, I take 85% and I dip it into the fresh peanut butter. And I don't oh, nice. dip... I don't dip it. Sorry, I should... Because my wife, well, she'll just laugh. She'll... I scoop it out to the oh. point where I can barely open my mouth while I'm eating it it is the best thing but that's like after a meal I'm like I whatever I ate oh I just God. took in an extra like 400 me, calories for yeah. three pieces of three pieces of chocolate and like I've just pounded to me it's butter. that with um, uh, almond butter yeah oh, mm. dark chocolate with almond butter yeah. the, the problem <laughs> the problem lies in when people are trying to lose weight and do those things yeah. you can't you can't do that kind of no, stuff there's too, many calories. too many calories yeah yeah, yeah. They get, you know you can you can do it but it has to be controlled within the total amount of calories taken in the day you know like and then you don't get your nutrients no right? and that's yeah. why we try to tell people like front load your food eat full and satisfying meals like because people told me that the people if they knew what i was eating when i was competing in crossfit they would think that i was nuts because i wasn't eating bodybuilder diet food i was eating prosciutto and goat cheese on my sourdough with my eggs for breakfast every morning and i was eating you know like big bowls of yogurt with frozen berries and almond butter and dark chocolate and and that sort of stuff like i wasn't eating diet food when I was competing. I'm eating the same kind of food that I was eating now, just more carbs to fuel the exercise. Yeah. uh, Performance diets and diets for uh, getting lean or losing weight are like completely different. You know know what we recently, I've taken a few times, you've been telling me to take it forever and I I just, I don't listen to that. I don't like like, stop listening to me a long time. I go out of my way not to listen to him. (laughs) Nick Nick doesn't (laughs) listen to many people. So (laughs) if he's ever listened to you, consider it a compliment. He, He eventually does. And then he has to admit it and those are some of the greatest times in the gym <laughs> a lot of supp- anything in a packet i'm just like i don't like taking it on a regular basis yeah. right but these lmnt um packets yeah. that for um what are those salts uh, electrolytes salts, electrolytes salts, electrolytes salts magnesium and potassium potassium after like a longer uh, for me it's a longer workout like when it's like 20 minutes or if i come to the gym completely hungover when I, yeah. uh, <laughs> when you take uh when you take one of those it's like so counterintuitive to me that the salt would make you feel better and hydrate you. Yeah. Which is so weird because we were, I was talking to someone about it the other day. They're like, I don't get it. Salt makes you thirsty. How does it hydrate you? Why See, would you I, take that? Is it an electric people, transmitter? People are, is that how so, like, people are just so misinformed, you know? But like typically, because what you think of salt is when you eat that like uh, burger, cheese, bacon, fries with all the salt on it. You think that like, oh yeah, like that's salt, but that's not salt. You just took in like 2000 calories plus like probably enough salt for three days. And of course you you know, your body, the carbs, your body's going to store the water and you're going to be so thirsty. But when you're, we're talking about salt, like for making you feel good and we're just using the salt, magnesium, potassium to hydrate you, your, your body needs salt. Like it needs that salt to get the water into your muscles to make your muscles fire off properly to help you recover from your workouts. Like you need it, but you don't need a 
bacon cheeseburger and fries and so mm-hmm. you know the magnesium i think is a really big piece of the puzzle yeah a really big piece of the puzzle because i started i started taking the lmnts and i also add these trace mineral drops to my water and i do find it makes a huge so difference. sorry what are the trace mineral drops it's just like concentrated seawater hmm. and i just add it to the to the um, water that comes out of the water filter and it's the same thing it just feels really good and so i used to have to take a whole bunch of magnesium pills or natural calm and now i don't need to do that anymore because i have like just like a little bit throughout the day but there's all this evidence piling up about magnesium why did you have to take it well because i have a reverse osmosis so it takes all the minerals out of the water okay so you have to add something in and then i was just really finding such a huge difference adding more of it in what kind of difference were you finding just energy energy Mm. in general and it makes your water taste better and you just feel alive and it makes your water feel alive most people say the same thing when we get them like taking the lmnts their energy changes Mm. i agree and it, it what's what's even surprising about that is how quickly it goes into your bloodstream yeah. because the energy will change relatively quick. It's not like it's something that you need to wait a half hour for, but in a half hour, you'll just, you'll think back, you'll be like, wow, I'm feeling pretty good again. Yeah. That's something Do- you sell at the gym, right? Yeah, yeah. Do- uh, Dr. Huberman, who's been on Rogan a bunch of times and uh, has his own podcast and he's a scientist and he does all the scientific studies on this stuff, but he put out uh, a video about what are the best performance enhancing supplements that are obviously not drugs that actually have science and base and the first thing he talks about is salt. Before he talked about creatine, he talked about salt. You need that to have to have proper performance. And Dan should have shares in the company by this point. Yeah. I should, dude. Like I'm that. like pushing it like crazy. <laughs> yeah, like no, I, I take it every day. Well, and Rob Wolf was one of the founders of it, and he was my first ever nutrition seminar that I went to in 2009. Oh wow. Yeah, it's, it's and so this is something that you take personally, Rachel. Do you take it as you, as well? Absolutely, and I recommend it to After all my workout, friends that are um, nursing moms as well. Why is that? Because it just helps with your hydration and it helps with your production of milk huh. to help yeah. to help so, you. And so, help Rachel, when are you taking this? I usually take it first thing in the morning, and then maybe a second one later on in the day if I feel like I need it. I'll have a chocolate one instead of a coffee. In this the is afternoon. just a packet that you put into water, yeah. mm-hmm. and then there, it's a chocolate one. There's a chocolate. Put, oh, they taste great. I put the oh. chocolate one in my chocolate protein powder after my workouts and it tastes like a milkshake. Yeah. And then there's like the, the citrus ones. There's like a spicy, citrus. spicy mango or yeah, there's like spicy all. something. They're, they're super good. Yeah. yeah. Shit, all of you it's, guys love this one. Yeah, I, I, you, really, you gave it once to me. I think I needed it badly for whatever reason. Yeah, you were dying in another word. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's when we were doing a long strong man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that, no, no, this is a true story. Oh, we, yeah, that's like a 45 Yeah, we did a 40 strong, strong man, man workout. Yeah, listen, the air, the air quotes are not necessary. It was a legit strong man. Uh, Rachel, if you saw this, you'd be totally impressed. I got impressed. so sick of these guys talking about their strongman workouts that I found the strongest man in all of Canada and brought him to the gym yeah. to do a seminar. And only other, and out it's of all the relative, people, man. And out yeah. of the, Just on a scale. Yeah. Out of the strongman crew at the gym. Yeah, only Jonathan showed up. One of them showed up. up. The other two, Tom and Mike, didn't even show yeah, up. Yeah, I forgot yeah. why. I think you, I you were sick. I think so. Oh, yeah. that's right. You had, you had signed up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was cool, actually. Was I, awesome. I wanted to be there because I was going to show him a few tips. Yeah, I remember, right. I was going to teach this guy. He kept sending me texts being like, tell Mitchell I got a couple tips for him. Dude, I'm not saying nothing. He's a, big, yeah. he's a big human, <laughs> he's a big human being. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, you're talking about energy with food, and I think sometimes the best energy I ever get is when I'm eating liver. When we're in Croatia, and I'm eating liver, those little fish that are like smelt. Are they in English called smelt? I don't know. They're are not they, sardines. Are they they're little in omega anchovies. You know? They're not no, anchovies. They're smaller, and they're just like usually just they're, they're really good. Like they just fry, fry them up really quick, and you just they it comes to me on a plate like French fries, and there's like oh, maybe thirty sweet. of them. So I, I will eat, and you eat the whole thing like headed. I will just eat yeah. just thirty of these things and then I'll have liver 
Oh my God, with olive oil? It's probably oh. super high in omega-3s. So and literally, I'll walk out so of that meal and I can just, I feel like... Yeah, I, yeah but you also drink two bottles of wine. Yeah, you know, you're feeling, feeling extra great. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the 18 espresso. <laughs> That's the the it's probably here. <laughs> you, got, you got a lot of protein and fat and then you got your carbs from oh, the wine. Oh gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> um, when so you're, oh, I was going to ask for your... Um, after, because a lot of women will listen to what your diet is and be like, this is crazy. Like, I can't, I can't do, I could never dream of doing that. So, but you, when, how long would you have twins? A year. How, They're how, a year it, old now. Yeah. Oh yeah. The year old now. So, and then, you know, obviously when you're carrying two babies, you just naturally, you gain a bunch of weight. Yeah. But, she was humongous. Then, but but you, you, yeah, you, I didn't say it like that. I was thinking it, but I didn't say uh, it, but yeah. But I mean, you had two kids, right? So, and two healthy kids, which is great. That all worked out. Uh, but then to then. What did you change in your diet afterwards to then have to drop the drop the weight, or did you change anything? And just over time, it just kind of naturally just you just you just kind of went back to your your natural state. You know, tell, tell first of all, tell them how much weight you lost in the first week. There was so much baby in her; it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I did. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. I lost I lost probably. 30 to 40 pounds, like right off the bat. And so I remember I weighed myself two months after they were, two months after they were born, and I've lost 25 pounds since then. So in the last 10 10 months, I've lost 25 pounds. And is that just watching it? So, because the the, the first part, the big weight loss, that's just nature doing its job, right? Yeah, water. Yeah, and then after that though, what did you did were you watching calories to lose that weight or did you were like were you doing anything specific or you just kind of just went back to what you were doing part of it is just because i have been doing this for so long like our food is just so boring and so routine um breakfast is always usually eggs and cheese and or a smoothie that's a fruit smoothie with yogurt um and then meat is it's usually that bowl of ground beef and then for dinner could be chicken could be steak could be you know like a stew meat like something along those lines um the big thing is i just i don't snack a lot in general but the thing that changed for my calories for like fueling being able to like feed those babies as well as myself was really just milk that was my variable i was drinking two liters of milk a day on top of my three meals and now i only drink one liter so it, i find it does stabilize kind of naturally but it's the having that foundation in place of everything else being consistent and routine and knowing what a serving size is and just you, eating the same thing all the time you drink a liter of raw milk a day i do yes yeah i looked at oh. the i looked at the bill yesterday and i said what the? you seem very proud <laughs> you seem very proud of that so you're you think the nutrient density of this milk is something you're going to stick with forever oh yeah absolutely actually oh no i drink I drink two liters most days, to be honest with Jeez. you. I was drinking four liters. Poor, I was. Huh? I was drink. I was so drinking four liters of milk. I was drinking two two so the two other jars thing, a day. Though, the other thing you haven't mentioned is what changed after pregnancies with your like thyroid and the fact that like she can't eat gluten anymore at all. Um, why, why, yeah, how do you know talk. you can't eat gluten? Well, so first my thyroid kind of went off the rails about a year after uh, the birth of my first son. How, how do you know it went off the rails? I felt horrible. Oh. It was just exhausted. And so I have a naturopath that I go and see. Okay. And um, she helped me realize that it was my thyroid. Um, and uh, it was called postpartum thyroiditis. And so an autoimmune paleo kind of diet would help with that. Um, you're not supposed to eat eggs and dairy on an autoimmune paleo diet. And like that's, I, I will I continue like, oh, to God. eat 
eggs and dairy until until the day I die. That's your thing. Um, but with the autoimmune disorders, gluten is a huge trigger, and it's not even so much the gluten. It's again, it's just the way the food's processed, all the chemicals that are used to harvest the wheat. Like there's just layers and layers to this stuff. But um, anyway, so I was managing it pretty well with uh, following this autoimmune protocol diet, which is again very similar to way the way I've always eaten in the past. Um, and then after the twins, I got this like crazy food poisoning and it triggered celiac disease that I didn't know that I had um, oh, the genetic predisposition for. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of been what I've been well, battling this but year. But also the, the doc, like her thyroid was at the point where the doctors wanted to put her on medicine that if she went on the medicine, she would have to take it for the rest of her life. And mm. she was determined to like heal that naturally. Oh, good for you. Uh, and she did. It took way more time and effort than obviously just starting to go on pills that you'll have to take for the rest of your life. But she was able to, um, like get rid of that part of like her thyroid issue without having to go on that medicine. What was the My gluten? numbers went to absolutely perfect. Yeah. What was the gluten you had to remove? Like what were you eating that had gluten? Sourdough bread, like mm. not very much, but so I'm off all grains right now. So no oatmeal, no, um, mm. no rice. Can you get gluten free like oatmeal? Uh, you can, but my gut is just like yeah. so damaged right now. Part of it, you know, like two C-sections, you get antibiotics, you mm -hmm. have to repair and rebuild from that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, Probiotic, do you take probiotic or no? I, I do usually, and I eat a lot of probiotic foods, yeah. but actually right now I had to come off my probiotics just because of like the bacterial balance. They just need to like let everything die and level out. And Especially then, through pregnancy, man. What, what, what the body goes through, what the female body goes through to handle all that is just it's it's a lot yeah. we can mm. relate and you know like, yeah. organs have to move out of the way especially when you you know when with with twins or even more babies you know when you get really big like that i can't imagine like how the body has to shift to accommodate everything and yeah like so going from you know being top crossfit athlete to like first child uh, miscarriage twins like she's literally pregnant or dealing with kids for like over five years. years straight now. Wow. And then trying to recover that and now get back into, you know, crossfitting workouts and she, what she's been doing, which is great. Rachel's tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why it's funny to think about those days when I like purposely gained 20 pounds, right? Like that's where I'm at now. I'm now I'm at my like, oh, I worked so hard to gain those 20 pounds. And it's like, okay, well, now we're just going back. But yeah, I mean like the fluctuations because I, I don't know, I gained a hundred pounds at the twins probably. Yeah, it was crazy. Do you have some goals you're you're headed towards now with, I don't know, She keeps saying, she keeps saying a 40 year old master's class. <laughs> I, I'm waiting to see it though. What's that? What do you mean? So when she turns 40, she'll be in the bottom age uh, bracket for that oh, master's God, class yeah. for CrossFit so she can compete as a 40 to 44 year old. So she said, she's telling me that that's what it is. My goal first, I said, I'm going to win the scaled open, which <laughs> is like <laughs> kind of a joke, but also kind of not really, because again, it just kind of goes back to my point of earlier of like having these realistic goals. Like people think that they don't want to do competitions because they're not going to win, but it's like doing a competition and not winning in CrossFit is the same thing as going and playing like beer league hockey sure. like and, yeah. and just playing and having you're not fun. winning the, you're not winning the league championship. It depends. So, uh, I don't it, look at it the same because if you try, yeah. I don't. I don't want to feel because the difference with me is I don't like to compete very often, and it's because I don't want to actually try a hundred percent on a workout because it's pain. At the end, you're just suffering. You're on the on the ground in pain and rolling back and forth. That's what's so good about her. Like she'll do all the open workouts and she'll walk away and she'll be totally fine with it. Yeah. I would not be either. 
You I would do it and I would hurt so bad and then I wouldn't do as good as I wanted to do and then I'd want to yeah, you know punch a ball. You know what you should do at Radics? Because you can do handstand push-ups really well you're saying. Yeah. Have you met a gentleman named Tim Hong? Oh, yeah. He's so scaled then king. I think we should have a handstand push-up competition. Rachel I'll never versus that, Tim. that Tim's, one workout he did. Do, do you remember those? Yeah, I did like a hundred of them. I think he set a world record yeah. in your gym. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, oh my gosh, I just had a flashback so to deficit handstand push-ups. Mike DeSormo, Mike DeSormo did a crazy do deficit. these deficit handstand yeah. push-ups that are insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've never seen anything like that. You know how many, how many, I, I, can't, I, I can't, can't remember, remember. how There's many weights he stacked plates, up. though. It's just an incredible amount. Yeah, yeah. So uh, She anyway. was the same thing. You could do a big deficit. That's all shoulders. That's it's all. no, it's little arms. You guys <laughs> in your short range of motion. Huh, Yeah. really? Just think, like, if I have to press a barbell and my arms are long then the range of motion to get to the top is a lot yeah, longer okay it makes takes, sense it just makes sense. way less okay so you're buying this theory rachel yeah oh i'm owning it I, yeah little t-rex arms it i can bench matter. press a lot of weight because yeah. of it handstand yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, cool long arms are good for punching things though so yeah, um, yeah. are you are you still training jam <laughs> yes yeah jam's fighting can you uh, give us yeah give us an update he's uh, fighting february 11th um in brampton um this is his eighth professional fight no this is his fifth, fifth. yeah okay fifth. um yeah his opponent it for this one is nine and three with seven ko's so oh, wow. yeah better and better each better opponents each time where is he, is he canadian or no um this guy is i forget which eastern european company he's a tough dude like watching the youtube videos we're like okay like he's gonna fight fight um, which is fun. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's excited. And this jam's one. so interesting to me because, like, so many fighters have like weird complexes. You know, I've seen it throughout the years, and they're either trying to prove something to their dad or something that happened to them in their life. And Jam's like the happiest go lucky dude. But when you tell him like somebody's going to beat him in something, he, and again, he doesn't even look at you in like an angry way. He just smiles and he's like, no, they're I, not okay, I can, I can believe this hundred percent because when I go to the gym, I just like kind of chirping people just for fun. Like that's where I get my enjoyment from. Yeah. I didn't really know him. He didn't really know me well, yeah. but he's in the gym. There wasn't many of us. I think there was like three people, me, Mike and, and him training. You were training him, but I think you had left and he's doing his own box jumps or something. And I walk by him. I'd see him a few times now and I yeah. walk by him. I say, Hey, if you really want some competition, try to go against me. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like joking. Like I smiled at him and joked. Yeah. And the way he looked at me, yeah. I thought he was like, hey, but hey, dude, you want to go right now? <laughs> I was like, holy smokes. This guy just like, sn- he All went. True. Yeah. So full respect to him. Yeah. He, yeah. I feel like he, he is just has a switch. But it's like weird because the way he holds himself is very much like a, like, he's just a nice guy. Like the nicest guy ever. Yeah. And he'll smile and da, da, And then it's like, boom. That's so, yeah, we talk about gonna, this guy he's fighting and uh, he just laughs and. He's smiling. He's like, he has a long, I his arms it. feel, he's like got, all, so he's a bit shorter than me, but he's got a longer reach and I have a long reach. So he's got a wingspan, I believe of somebody who's like six foot four, which yeah, you is just perfect. Tell looking long. at his arms. Yeah, he's got long. And is he going to walk out again with one of those crazy costumes? That yeah, he, he loves. So his, what's cool is his aunt actually, that's what she does for a living. So every fight he gets a new, like, you know, for the December fight. Like he had, like, she'll Santa make boxers, yeah. wardrobes, the yeah, outfits with that, all the fur. The Not fur like, uh, yeah, he's doing tassels this time, like old school boxing. Yeah, it's, yeah, I love it. I think it's great marketing. I think it's great for his brand. And, and this one's in Brampton when? No, this one's in um, Hamilton. Oh, sorry. February 11th. Um, and he's getting up there now. So he... He might be co-main or the third last fight, so yeah. they're they're they got a like they want him to fight for a Canadian belt this year, and 
So he's really that really boxing cool. crowd in Hamilton's an interesting crowd. Because oh, when we went man. there with you, True. I'll never forget. I looked around this crowd. And I yeah. go, okay, listen, there's like some interesting characters in here. Yeah. At a moment's notice, there could be a f maybe oh. one to fifteen fights breaking out, and I need to know where the exits are fights. at all yeah. times. Fights. I was planning in I'll, the crowd. Like I mean, yeah. in the crowd between the crowd. Oh no, I was planning to thinking if there's a gun, how I'm gonna oh. dive under the table <laughs> yeah. and what angle I need to push it at, to try to hide up. behind it. And you know how we were <laughs> we were wear gold chains and I gen generally see no one wearing gold chains at this place everybody everybody had a gold chain yeah, on yeah. I'm like what is what is happening you here? should see the crowd in Sydney Nova Scotia really oh it's Same? it's it's not all oh, the women I'm a little bit more afraid of I believe really yeah I saw a lady um I don't know what somebody said to her pick up her chair fold it up and go WWE no like, way. swinging on this other guy a guy like he, I don't know if it was one of the fighter's girlfriends or whatever, but some guy said something to her and that chair came up and I instantly, I'm like grabbing my phone, trying to get a video. I'm like, this lady's swinging a chair at this dude. Sydney, Nova Scotia is an interesting place. So who was the organization? WWE, I forgot about the chairs <laughs> yeah. and wrestling. So the Hamilton fights, these boxing yeah. fights, what, yeah. that's an organization that he's... Uh, so Three Lions promo, uh, promotion, okay. they put on uh, the cards and um, he signed to them for his first okay. three years, I believe. Um, and they do them between here and uh, Nova Scotia is where the guy's originally from. And the they have a um, heavyweight fighter from Nova Scotia as well, who's ranked like top seven, I believe, in the world, who headlines a lot of the cards. And he's a huge draw in city, Nova Scotia. Oh, wow. They pack the, this, uh, I think it's a CAA center there. Uh, they pack that place. And everywhere you go in Nova Scotia when you're there, they know you're not local. And they're like, oh, are you with the Riziki team? Like, so, like, Riziki is everything in Nova Scotia. And they're ready. Like, I swear, the one fight we saw, he was fighting um, a Pan Am gold medalist from Argentina. I was afraid for my life if he lost that fight. I felt like everybody in the stands is going to rush. Wow. And just, you know, it was crazy. Wow. The atmosphere is... Nuts. Rachel, do you go to any of these fights? I used to. I yeah. have been. I have been to uh, a couple of the the older ones. I haven't with been to Mo. one yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah, with Mo, yeah. Yeah, I trained Mo for a long time until he, he won a... Um, I remember he brought the North belt American to your gym. title, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, retired after that. But uh, yeah, I used to come to those. It's always fun. I know so many people in that world, so it's always fun to see everybody. And you know, it's a it's a different world. Tell everyone James' full name. Uh, John Michael Bianco. Yeah, yeah, he's he's so good, man. Like he, uh, because of COVID, he didn't have his shot at going to the Olympics. But he won uh, provincial championships a couple times, the national championships a couple times. He was on the national team, and then he was supposed to fight in South America uh, for his uh, qualifying spot. Uh, for the Olympics, and then Team Canada just shut it down and wouldn't send anybody. I, I, that, oh, that, yeah. I hate hearing that. Yeah. Oh. That is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the rest of the world sent all their people that yeah. to fight, mm -hmm. but can't, you know, we're mm -hmm. Canadian. Safe. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, what's uh, Radix, there's an eight week challenge going on right now. How yeah. often are you running the eight week? So, what, what, what are you doing for an eight week challenge? Oh, so that's diet and fitness, diet, fitness, and like it's a whole mental kind of switch in teaching people how to properly eat, how to properly train, um, how to just look at the whole thing in a different light. And uh, so much of what I've done now is work on people's like the mental side of what they're going to go through throughout the challenge. So, like, I'm just in their face every day, and I'm just, I feel like I'm teaching and I'm changing lives that way uh and like honestly our last one that finished up just before christmas there was a guy named uh tony tony 
drove to the gym for 6 a.m. class every day through that challenge and still does from, from Woodbridge. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. He lost like close to 30 pounds of fat. He gained three pounds of muscle. He was super dehydrated coming into it. He had no muscle. Um, He's so out of shape and like changed like everything in eight weeks. It was the craziest thing. And he just bought into everything I said. He did like not only he would email me every day and he would just explain to me what was going on in his mind and what would what he thought about food and himself before and how that was switching and how he Hmm. mentally, he was like, I don't look at myself as this out of shape. I can't do it anymore. I look at myself as like this athlete who's going to do it every day. How old is Tony? Tony's in his forties. Nice. Uh, he works a desk job and figured out how to walk 15,000 steps a day, even though before when we checked, we did a check, he was walking like 3000 steps a day. He just didn't let any excuses. And he drove to Woodbridge because he found you, like you connected and me. Yeah. He heard me on a radio show and talking about the challenge and he knew that that was kind of what he needed to make the change. And he just bought into it. And now he's doing this. I just, I'm starting another challenge, uh, next week. Uh, and he's been coming to the gym ever since and still following the diet protocols. And now he's going into this next challenge cause he wants to get down to 15% body fat. Um, and just like, he's just a new person. Sometimes what makes the difference is the accountability. Yeah. Like you yeah. just need the account, whether or not even like, so like Tony, for example, knows some basic stuff now that he can continue to follow, mm-hmm. but without having the accountability, mm-hmm. it's, you, you can go off the rails again. Like it just helps to have that person that you got to check in with, depending on how you're wired, that can be helpful. For sure. And sometimes I have to just talk people through things that they don't understand, you know, like coach, like freak out moments uh, on a Sunday coach. I just. Uh, I just checked my weight. I'm up a pound. Like I did, I followed everything you said. I'm like, dude, it is okay. Relax. Like we, like so where do one most, pound where is, do most people break? They don't consistently come to the workouts on an eight week challenge or they don't follow no. the diet. Well, the workouts, the easy part. Most people can do the diet. workout. The diet is like, you have to not give yourself excuses or like, Oh, I feel crap today. So I'm going to do this. Or people learn to justify things in all kinds of ways. But if you can stick to the diet and then also I tell people like, you can't eyeball it. There is no way you're good enough at this to eyeball like how much rice you should eat by just yeah. scooping it in. You have to measure things like to make the change we want to make, I need to know exactly how much you're putting into your system. And you also need to have that reference. You know what I mean? Once we get to a point of like maintenance, for sure, like nobody's going to like gain fat by having a little extra rice in there. Well, you know what you to know what eat I mean? and can't yeah. eat. You know how your body works. That's what I and learned through you this can whole process. Come, you can come out of that being super strict, but to get, you know, somebody to come out of, you know, he came into the challenge at like 32% body fat to get somebody out of what they're doing to get there. Like we have to figure figure out all the variables. So he just bought in and like it's stuff, the stuff that worked for him was like, we have this tel- telegram group and every day he's the guy who's like showing everybody like his meal prep, showing everybody how many steps he did. And it's just like, that's his way of like keeping hmm. himself accountable to everybody in that. I wonder group. what his reasons are for doing what he's doing. He said he's so I think some of obviously a lot of it is his family and, and being there longer for his kids and, and those mm-hmm. kind of things. And then there's, a, I think, a side piece of that that was like, I was never the athlete. I was never in shape. Uh, I was always the big guy. And I just accepted that that's who I was. And I'm just not going to accept that. Fact oh, awesome. That's I mean? cool. Yeah. yeah I like hearing that. That's, that's the best part. Way yeah. to go, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Holy shit. Yeah. That's great. And to be clear, it's not just for, you know, Tony, like it's, it's guys, girls, it doesn't, it doesn't matter kind of what's, what state you're in. It's no, this next group, we have like a a very range from like people who uh, came in at 34% body fat and, uh, 
like uh, the other coach in my gym, Greg, uh, he did the last challenge as well. He got down to uh, 10% body fat and he's doing it again because like his goal that he's never seen his abs in his life. So like now he wants to have the six pack and it's and like, Greg, yeah, we can work with that too. And Greg's know? a strong, it's like, really he's strong a strong dude. guy. He can he's bench got lots like of 400 pounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but his he, wife's doing it too. And his wife's doing it. And so we have like, we have a really cool group where there's like four couples that are doing it. Uh, and then we have this range, you know, we got Nige doing it. And is I he doing him, it? Yeah, I told him that I'm gonna make him look good for his wedding. Um, wow, I'll go in in the morning and I see a lot of the people doing it after the morning class because I go in halfway through the morning class, start warming up and stuff. And they, uh, and then I see the people that are doing it and they'll stick around a little bit longer, they're doing their stuff or they're yeah. practicing like if someone has a goal that they want to get their double unders or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they'll, they'll be practicing some skill stuff as well as the body fat, you know, or the weight stuff that they're focused on as well. So yeah. Yeah. it's a great, it's such a, it's a good program if you buy into it. And I, I do, I spend a lot of time with the people during that time and just building the proper mindset for it. And this time I had, I was better at my marketing because I've been learning from you guys. So I had people sign up way earlier so I could spend the, not the last two weeks going into it marketing. I could spend the time with the people just preparing them properly mm. for what's going to happen. A lot of it really is that buy-in, right? And, and uh, in terms of like the gym exercises of being like, you don't be afraid to lift heavy, you know, don't be afraid to try this new and different stuff that people are kind of scared to do. And then also those replacement foods, right? Like he'll put on your meal plan, add a tablespoon of butter to your meal. And people will be like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. But, then they'll, go, but, then, but then they'll go and they'll be like, oh, now I'm just craving ice cream and I fell in the whole pint of ice cream. Mm, right. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's balance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's really just committing to that whole process. No, I take care, like I take care of all the thinking, you don't have to think you just have to do what i say but it's, I try a, to tell it's people, a mental like, just shift do, just do what i say there's a reason why there's a reason why that everything is in that plan i think you have to be prepared too because when you change your diet if you've never done something like that like i remember when i cut out bread like i just i'm like i'm not gonna eat bread anymore mm -hmm. and i really kind of reduced the carb amount i was going to take like i was still eating some vegetables and stuff i went through two weeks where i felt like i almost had like the flu like I really went through a withdrawal from not having the bread in it. It's like my body kind of adapted and came out of that. And then over the next few months, I think I really kind of changed. But if you're not ready for that mentally, you'll just quit because yeah. it was awful. And that's like it, it felt yeah. like my body was saying, testing me like, you better go have a piece of bread. Like you better have a piece of bread right now. Yeah, it wasn't. It we was grew up. I, I used to eat bread with every meal because yeah. our parents and our dad did all the time. So it was like meat, vegetables, bread. But it was mm -hmm. bread literally with pretty much every single meal. Yeah. So yeah, I went through the same the same it's, battle. It's also it's just important like to have a coach who's just coaching you through it, right? Because you can have those moments, and then all these yeah. people have my number, and just like fire off the questions, and we'll explain mm -hmm. to you why it's happening, or why over the first two weeks on the scale, uh, it you, it doesn't look like you've lost weight, but when you gain a pound of muscle, it always it always holds on to water, so there could be like three pounds of good weight that you've put on and you've lost three pounds of fat and on the scale it doesn't look like anything so i just like try to work people through that because they're like oh i can see in the mirror i look like a lot better but the scale's not moving that much and i'm like well it, like when we do the body scan you're going to see that like you're adding lean mass we're adding what we need you're getting hydrated and now you have that extra weight that's good for you and you're getting rid of that fat and you look great. So mm -hmm. what does it matter what's actually on the scale, mm -hmm. you know? And then by the end of the eight weeks, everybody's always ends up losing weight. They're just, their body composition is so much better. You know, when we can add lean muscle, 
it's like you know you're you're just getting the best of both worlds thanks guys for doing this mm -hmm. how do uh how do people find you eat week challenge they want to join radix they want to talk to rachel about mixing butter with honey which i'm mesmerized <laughs> by like, i can't believe i didn't do this I before you never you done that on that. No, i know <laughs> sorry hey, you never done that on toast butter with honey yeah the greatest thing I, ever on I toast. Try you know, maybe yeah. like i kind of have but it's, like i feel like rachel's like mixing in a bowl yeah no she's not doing it on toast but i i do enjoy it on toast yeah yeah what kind of bread do you eat sourdough only where do you get it uh whole foods has a good sourdough do they like really good sourdough. why sourdough only because it's fermented already so it's mm. easier for your gut to okay be able to digest. okay but you can't do that because of the gluten thing yeah it's ideally not. the there are ways to be able to heal your gut to be able to with celiac disease i don't think so but if there's um, you know, just digestive distress. A lot of people really benefit from cutting mm -hmm. it out and then being able to add it back in properly, but you have to heal your gut first. Mm -hmm. yeah. that's a I whole wish you could podcast. try our grandmother's bread. Oh my oh, God. Boy. On the windowsill, she used to keep something. Would it be the yeast? That would be the sourdough, sourdough starter. Sourdough starter. Mm. What was that? So what is that? Just a little piece that she had to keep around for a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Yeah. It's alive. It's literally alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you feed it every day. And then when it gets big enough. Yeah, I remember she used to keep it on the windowsill. You always have to keep a little bit of each batch to start the next batch mm. oh got it man so much i wish i could talk to her about <laughs> um so yeah where do people find you uh so our email is hello at radixgym.com um you can go on our website radixgym.com or check us out on instagram at radixgym it's pretty easy. okay cool. radix yeah. and, yeah. and and yeah. and sorry yours radix rage radix rage yeah. yeah um if on you want to see the mom stuff yeah yeah and then uh, the eight week challenge is constantly going throughout the year or is it just like yeah, twice a year? How's that work? No, four times a year. Four times a it year. It kind of always leads into something like the next one. Well, this one is like starting your year off right. The next one will lead into the summer. So, you know, make Got sure it. you're looking good in the summer. We have uh, the following one to uh, come uh, come out of the summer. So those people who are like, you know, spend the summer at the cottage drinking beer yeah. and stuff like that. So they just kind of roll on as the and then what programs do you have at radix right now i always feel like there's so much going on crossfit programs crossfit that's a big one yeah and then we have the sports uh strength and conditioning program there and um uh, we're actually opening a, a semi-private training for people who are looking for something a little bit more uh one-on-one -on -one without the full prices of pts um, so that's uh, one of the new programs oh cool okay yeah. all available on your website on the website yeah Awesome, guys. No, thank thank you. you for this. Thank you thank for everything. You. I mean, you both have had a huge impact on our lives. So really, thank you, Rachel. I can't, I always say this to you. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate everything you both do. I don't say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep showing up so we know it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Dan and Rachel. Um, you can find them at radixgym.com. They have a brand new website. I'm just looking at it right now. It's fantastic. You can find Dan and Rachel online, uh, or sorry, on social media at radixgym on Instagram, I believe is the handle at radixgym. So the URL again is radixgym.com. The handle is at radixgym. And if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out whether you want to get into the real estate investing world or not, one of the things you can do is pick up some information to start researching this Stuff yourself and some of the reports including the population report that we really love you can get access to that for free by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports that's it for this episode until next time your life your terms